Undisputed kings, it's the tale of the tape, time to enter the ring. Boxing knowledge dropped by Kenny and Vin, it's a sweet science by the diehard fan. Manny and Floyd, Triple G and the rest, like an overhand right from Crusher Cole with left. The tale of the tape on theboxingrant.com. It's the pound for pound, undisputed kings, it's the tale of the tape, time to enter the ring. The tale of the tape on theboxingrant.com. Welcome back to the tale of the tape. What up, what up, fight fans? Welcome back to episode 121 of the Pound for Pound King of Boxing podcast, the tale of the tape. I'm your host, Kenny Keith. Follow me on Twitter at Kenny Keith Jr. And of course, I am joined as always by Vince Cummings at Vince Cummings 81. What up, Vin? What's up, brother? I think, uh, what are we? We're we're two days late on a normal re- release of the podcast. Sure, I, I think it's only fitting that Thurman Porter is two years late. We're two <laughs> days late, right? Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, come on, they you got to wait for the good ones, right? Yeah, they they set the bar for us on this one. <laughs> Jesus Christ, yeah, hey, man. dude, they don't care. Was there we was there ever care. a marination session that went bad? Oh, man, I don't know. Sometimes you can't over over marinate, and it just becomes really salty. Jesus, man. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's upon us. Keith Thurman versus Sean Porter. We will preview it for you here on episode 121. And also Anthony Joshua, the IBF heavyweight title holder, takes on Dominic Brazil. We got post-fight Andrew Funfara versus Joe Smith. A lot of action, announcements, Kovalev Ward information, Gennady Golovkin, Chris Eubank Jr., who we will also be previewing on this card. A lot to talk about with some of the best in the business. It's a, it's a, uh, a show that promises... Uh, to deliver some action here on the tail of the tape. Uh, Kenny and Ben about to go to town. Yeah, yeah, starting to get a little busy in the sport. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's about time it kicked up because the Olympics will roll around in August, and then after the Olympics, boxing will heat back up once again in September. Um, And some announcements about Gennady Golovkin and Canelo Alvarez. Canelo's scheduled a September 17th date, but we'll talk about that more a little bit later. But we want you all to remember, if you have not subscribed to the Tale of the Tape Boxing Podcast. Do so on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, the Boxing Rant YouTube channel, and, of course, the Tale of the Tape Boxing Podcast is available now on Google Play. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on Twitter at the Boxing Rant, Vince Cummings at Vince Cummings 81 and myself at Kenny Keith Jr. Vin, episode 121, about to heat up here, June and July, uh, about the next month and a half, it's going to be high octane. Kicked off by a fight we've talked about time and time again, a fight that when we first debuted, the Tale of the Tape Boxing Podcast, Thurman and Porter was on our minds. It was on everybody's mind. That was, at that point in time, I want to say 2013, late 2013, if they made that fight, that was one of the biggest fights in boxing. Sure. Beyond, you know, the that's when Mayweather and Pacquiao were still... Of course, when they fought, it was the biggest fights. But beyond that, they were the two top prospects at 147. Everybody thought these two guys were the future of that division. Sure. And now it's like, what are these guys? The Keith, one time, I fight one time a year, Thurman. Is that? Yeah, and then the other times he just whittles flutes. <laughs> you know? 
Yeah, dude, it's the dynamic of this fight, the anticipation when they were prospects, when Keith Thurman was coming up on co-features on HBO, and when they moved over to Showtime, Thurman and Porter, their stars, their lines were on a collision course because nobody knew what was going to happen at 147 with Mayweather's retirement. Right. How many more fights was he going to have? This is before Mayweather Pacquiao. Was he just going to hold all these belts hostage? Were the sanctioning bodies going to allow him to do so? Oh, you're making my head hurt. <laughs> I know, I know, but that much has, has gone on. But that, in the beginning of the prospects of this fight happening, that impacted it so much. And now we're talking about Showtime Championship Boxing on CBS, not only is this fight coming much too late, not only have, the, have these fighters been off for a year since their last fight, but this fight comes on, well, we can't afford to pay these guys to do a PBC on CBS like we want to, but Showtime will fit the bill because after this fight and after the war chest is officially empty, Thurman and Porter will be right back on Showtime Championship Boxing. Oh, you, yeah, look, you know Steven Espinosa comes in like, hey, I got a little extra cheddar here. I didn't finish this whole block of cheese. <laughs> the, the, rat. Rat, the rat doesn't finish this whole block if, if Al's boys are, are on the market still. Look, man, we've, we've been noticing this since the PBC broke down, and all of a sudden all the big fights moved to Showtime, right? Yeah. I got one question. If the PBC was smart, why in the fuck was this not the first, very first fight? This should have been the PBC launches on NBC – Keith Thurman versus Sean Porter. The winner of this fight is in line. At, at that point in time, it would have been for Floyd Mayweather. It honestly would have been. Yeah. Well, they would have had to fault Berto first. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but that's easy. I mean, that's just. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, dude. Look. Honestly, they missed it. They missed it. They missed the mark so bad. Oh, so bad. You have these two guys that everybody respected as two of the best up-and-coming welterweights in the world. Yeah. And they, they tried to they tried to Gamboa Juan Mott, and they, and they missed big time again. Oh, a big, huge whiff, dude. Yeah. Big, huge whiff. So now we're faced this Saturday, Barclays Center. Um, why this fight is in Brooklyn, I have no idea. Um, one from Florida, one from Ohio. Okay. Yeah, but Meet in the middle, right, uh, I guess. Hey, Lou DiBello will get his cut, even though he has nothing to do with either of these fighters. He won't be getting a cut for much longer. No, he won't. No, he <laughs> will not. We all know who's creeping back on the scene. <clears throat> all right, let's dive into Vin. Let's get going here on the path that has led us here, right? This is something we don't do very often anymore because the fights have been few and far between and the convolution of the timelines and the narrative that has brought these guys to us has become so frustrating. We find ourselves talking in circles or being repetitive on a subject, which there is no logical answer that we could ever <laughs> possibly come up with. Right. So it's like, yes, yes, we are the definition of insanity right. over and over again. All right, let's go all the way back to Jesus Soto Carras. Okay. This was at the time, at the time frame. 2013, late December, 2013, the peak of Thurman. I, absolutely. And, this is when the one-time legend was at its height. We thought that he was going to be the next, what we see now. I mean, since 2013, a lot has happened. But what we know now from Golovkin, what we know now from Kovalev, Keith Thurman was in the same category. Absolutely. We revered him, respected him, and admired his upcoming because he held these balls to the walls. I'm Keith one time. It only takes one time Thurman. He gets in the ring with Jesus Soto Carras, and early in the first round, 
he gets buzzed so badly, mm. so badly, right? And you know what? He recovered. He ends up stopping Soto Carras in the ninth round. But let's be honest. To me, then, and we can go through all these fights, and we can talk about what's happened since. Right. But the reality of the situation, without going fight by fight and breaking down each and every scenario, from December 14th, 2013, when he got buzzed in the first round against Jesus Soto Carras, Keith Thurman, I... I'm 100% convinced from what I see with my, the eye test and what I know about boxing that his style has changed to a more uh, on, on, on the heels, um, more skating, getting away, one-two, in and out. Um, we saw it a lot against One Bundo. punch at a time. One punch at a time, yeah. one-twos. And we didn't see this aggressive. Yeah, we saw it in a flash towards the, uh, you know, the end of the fight in what, uh, what the last third of the fight against Robert Guerrero, right? Um, the ninth round. Oh, yeah. yeah. From, it was from 10, 11, 12, he, he was on the run. But he got busted up in that fight, you know? Yeah. And even in the Luis... But he co- dominated Guerrero. He really did. No doubt. He dominated the first nine rounds, I think, more than we've ever seen Guerrero dom- dominated by anybody. Right. But let's remember where Guerrero was and what we learned, that that was a, a perfect tee-up fight to make Keith Thurman look good. Oh, absolutely. But the recipe that the PBC had for Thurman in the wake of Guerrero was that he would catapult into superstardom and only fought one time since that fight it all the way back in March of 2015 against Luis Colazzo. And I'm going to tell you right now, yes, he stopped Colazzo, but the first six rounds of that fight, Colazzo made Thurman look like he didn't really understand what was going on. Colazzo shifted, shook, and was awkward enough for him, and it kind of made Thurman look bad. He laid the hammer down as he should have. Yes. But the level of competition here with these fighters, his inability to finish Leonard Bundu, like I that was the most awkward of of any of his because le- he had him finished. Yeah, he knocked him down in the first round. I, I don't know why you couldn't finish a guy that is an obscure out of uh, he, Bundu was a no name at thirty nine. No, Sakio Bika of the yeah. welterweight division. I mean, come on, uh, he should have finished him. And you're right. And look, you, you talk about the Colazzo fight and the way he took the body shot. And everybody questions Thurman for, oh, he was so hurt. And he, I don't he, think he was all that hurt, but he was definitely definitely. Oh, it, he was on the run, up. but you know what? He didn't go down. And and for people that question, like saying he's on the run at that point, you got to survive. You don't want to get knocked down. So no. you, you, I mean, that's any fighter is going to do that. If, but but the, but the only complaint, Vince, comes from people like me that detract on that is oh. that it contradicts his whole persona. Oh, absolutely. Fight, I'm not saying that he should not fight like that right. because he, he, he fought to win and he won the fights, right? Soto Karras, that, that overhand, right. That Soto Karras landed changed Thurman's approach to the sport. So you, I can't you, argue that. You agree. I can't argue that because since that punch, he has become a guy that fights on the back foot, mm-hmm. looks for one shot, and look, he's got the power in his right hand. And I, I can't blame him for fighting like that. And even in the Guerrero fight, and he, he, the Bundu fight was terrible. The Guerrero <laughs> fight was entertaining. <laughs> the Bundu fight was actually the worst fight of that year. Oh, it was uh, absolutely horrendous. But the Guerrero fight was good. The Colazzo fight was not a terrible fight. No. So he's normally in entertaining fights. But he should be blasting some of these guys I, out. Look, you know me. I got, I've had a soft spot for this kid since... 2012 the first time i saw him fight i was like yeah i might i think this kid might be the the future of of 147 but god damn if 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 the pbc did not put a just the pull the e-brake on, oh. on thurman and porter coming in while this fight, going 120 miles an hour uh, when the pbc started this fight 
was the fight. It was. It was. And they've waited till now with delay after delay yeah. after delay. Keith Thurman was in a car accident, right, Ken? Yeah. Did you see pictures? In this day and age, how pictures could not have leaked if that happened. Come on. It's unbelievable. I come mean, on. dude, dude, shit leaks that you would never imagine to come out. Yeah. And people run with the most ridiculous, nonsensical stories and turn them in. Dude, we go on BoxingScene.com, and two-thirds of the articles are comments from fighters about guys that they say they want to fight but will never fight. Yeah. Those are the leading stories. So, you know, kind of, th- you know, look what we're dealing with. But I, I will say this. All the PBC analysis has been fair. Um, all of the analysis and the aftermath and results, how we got here, Keith Thurman's path, Sean Porter's path have been criticized. Not so much with Porter because he asked, he, he fought Kelbrook. He fought Adrian Broner. He, he, he acquitted himself against Brooke, even though we both think that Brooke decisively controlled that fight. Oh, absolutely. But he fought hard. He knocked out Paulie Malinaji, right? Well, uh, just flat out, dude, he dominated Adrian Broner. I mean, oh, yeah. That flash knockdown in the end. 11 or 12 rounds. Yeah. I mean, it, it, dude, that fight was almost a mirror image, but less exciting version of Sergio Martinez versus Chavez Jr. No. Yeah. You know what I mean? That knockdown was so insignificant and yeah. inconsequential. Well, like, the knockdown for Chavez knocking Maravilla well, down, yeah. that was consequential because that, that ended his career. Yeah. That was a, uh, yeah, a knee breaker. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. But now, so they meet now coming off of this layoff. Yes, there, there is precedence for fighters taking off for more than a year and coming back and putting on action fights. I think De La Hoya Vargas is, a, is an example yeah. of one of those, yep. right? Yep. So it does happen. You know, we know this. But I've seen nothing from Sean Porter because his fights are less than exciting because his style, he smothers his punches. He, yes, he's aggressive, but his over-aggression does not allow him to be able to access the range he needs he, to be as effective as he can be. Look, here, here's my biggest problem with Sean Porter when I watch him fight. I, I, I love Sean Porter as as a as a as a fight fan, you have to respect. Oh, you want him to be your buddy. Yeah, he fights anybody. He's a fucking straight-up guy. Yeah, and he's a nice dude. But you watch him fight, and you, I just find myself getting so frustrated. Yes. Like, would you fucking calm down? <laughs> would you just, dude, you're smothering your punches. Stop charging in. Just have a little bit of just Restraint. distance. Just calm down. Breathe. Yeah, throw a punch. <laughs> you, you, can, you, can, you can build off a jab, you know? You don't have to. Lead in with your fucking face, throwing <laughs> wild hooks and John Molina style. Well, dude, that's how Cal Brook beat him. Oh yeah, Cal Brook controlled didn't move, controlled distance, stood controlled his, him, stood his ground, and just popped him with short straight. And every rights. time that Sean Porter smothered his punches, Brook tied him up. Yeah. Every single time, and it makes for an ugly fight. And that's that's another one of the things with Porter. His fights are just not. They're they're entertaining as far as he goes for it. Yeah. But he's just not very skilled. I think Keith Thurman will try to bore the fight to win it. I think he's going to oh, try to box Porter just like Kel Brook did. Because There's no reason to think that Thurman's going to fight any different than we've seen him in the last two fights. No, but I do think we've seen both these fighters get buzzed. Okay, And I think that there could be moments in this fight where there'll be some unexpected collisions, punch to face. Yeah, And I think that there's a possibility that one of these guys could get dropped. There's always a possibility... We saw something in this past weekend with Andrew Funfara and Joe Smith that was completely yeah. unexpected. And these guys, Jesus. you know, vast majority of people favor Keith Thurman, and the odds would say that he's a, a small favorite. I've, I've been hearing a lot of Porter. 
Right, and I think a lot of the boxing media believes that because they believe most people that are, are associated with the Porters, interview the Porters, they understand that Sean Porter is a year-round athlete. Yeah. So he's always ready. He's training year-round. Ready round. to go 12 so, hard rounds. Right, so if there was anybody in this fight that would be a suspect, are they ready after this long of a layoff? It's Keith Thurman because nobody knows what he's been doing. Yeah. I, he, he's I, been MIA, dude. Yeah, he really has. It's been very, very odd. I, and he's so boisterous and vocal. We thought he was going to be little mini Ali with his well, mouth a, and his comments. Yeah, three years ago. Yeah, yeah. That's why. That's another reason why I I took to the kid back then. And I, when he gets on the mic, it's like, yeah, I like hearing this guy talk. He's he's a smart kid. He talks shit in an educated manner. Yeah, he's kind of a geek. He yeah. kind, you know what I mean? Yeah, he's got a. He's just got this quality about him where you want to like him. But fuck, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you're fighting you can't fight once every year yeah i don't care who you are vince this fight we're gonna watch it this saturday we're gonna enjoy ourselves grill some uh some amish uh, uh homemade fresh sausages uh, absolutely drink some coronas even though it's uh two americans fighting in this fight <laughs> um keith thurman versus sean porter in the ring stylistically and and, and tie this into your prediction how is this fight gonna go I'm nervous. I'm really nervous that this is going to be a <clears throat> ugly fight. I, I just have a feeling that you're going to have Porter rushing in, Thurman on the back foot. You're going to get tie-ups. You're going to get just kind of awkward. I just don't think, I'm not sure their styles mesh. Now, on the other hand, it could be a great fight. These two guys, the winner of this fight does make a statement. No matter if the 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 buildup to this fight has completely died down from what it was two years ago. I, I still think after this fight is over, the winner will be respected as, well, shit, this guy has to be, and you, you take Pacquiao Mayweather out of the welterweight division. The winner of this fight is either with Kell Brook or in front of or behind, yeah. however you want to do it. So there's a lot on the line here. Sure. and Isn't that contingent, though, Vin, on – how soon they fight again after this? I mean, is it all well, for yeah, is it all for nothing? Problem. If it's yeah. another year. Yeah. I, if this is just going to lead to a year layoff for the winner, then what's the fucking point, man? I mean, these guys. It's trending that way. Yeah. Yeah. It is. And I, I, hopefully, 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 something changes. But look, either way, I think this is. It's a fight we've been looking for. We've been waiting for. We finally got it. I'm not as even half as excited as I would have been. Three years ago. Yeah. But I'm going to be dialed in when the bell rings. Sure, sure. So what's your prediction? I'm taking Keith Thurman by decision. By decision? Yeah. Keith Thurman? What kind of decision? Is it going to be the decisive? Uh, 116, 112, 117, 111. I think he can drop Porter. I think he can catch Porter. Because, look, Porter comes in recklessly. Uh, a, a right hand from Thurman is probably the hardest punch that Porter will have faced at this point in his career. Yeah. So if he catches him off balance, I think it's an easy... I'm not saying knock out, but knock down. Flash knockdown. I think if Porter's in better shape and he forces the issue and is physical well, and, and presses on Thurman yeah. the entire fight, it might make him uncomfortable. Um, I'm going to go with Sean Porter in this fight, and I'm going to say by split decision. Yeah. Um, I think stylistically it's going to confuse the judges, so it will go both ways oh, on the scorecards. If there's ever a toss-up fight, man. Yeah. Honestly, it's so hard to pick a winner in this fight. Well, one of them will reign. Uh, WBA welterweight championship on the line. Thurman versus Porter, man. Um, kind of got a little bit of a, a, a drag on top of a promotion that's pretty much been non-existent anyways. Yeah. When they canceled, 
the co-feature for this fight, Jesus Cuellar versus uh, Abner Mares. And that was probably, especially the way that Mares fought his style, his attacking style against Leo Santa Cruz. If he brought that against Cuellar, that fight wasn't going to go more than four or five rounds. And I was really looking forward to that. Oh, fight. that would have been a fight of the year candidate. Absolutely. Awesome. Absolutely. Um, but now, look, a lot of people don't know who Jared Hurd is. Okay. He's from Maryland. Um, you know, we watched him in his last fight against Frank Galarza, I believe yeah, it was. Yep. And undefeated fighter at the yeah, time. Yeah. And Galarza was favored in that fight. Yeah. And Jarrett Hurd put on a boxing clinic. Oh, yeah. And he looked really good. And I think that this is an opportunity for this kid, very likable, very skilled, um, doesn't have a lot of power, but he does everything pretty good, man. And I think, yeah, Oscar Molina, this is supposed to make Jarrett Hurd look good. But I think that this is a platform where a lot of people could fall in love with a guy that got, has the personality of Hurd, the determination. He may not be the most powerful. He may not be the most athletic. But the MFR can box. Oh, he, he absolutely can. And as much as we hate on the PBC, at least they filled the space with a kid that has got a promising future sure. that everybody needs to see. So there's going to be eyes on this fight. I don't care what anybody says. Me and you hate on it. Uh, Thurman Porter is, is going to get eyes on it. Mm -hmm. So it's great to put this kid on there and get some eyes on him. A fighter that we've uh, been kind of tossing around in the, in the, in the prospect category not sure really where he's going because he's been dominating these like C and D level fighters. Well, you think they would have moved him up to the spot that Hurd's in? Well, but the thing is, nobody knows who Regis Progre is. He no. is probably fought on Showbox as many times as anybody that ever has yeah. fought on Showbox. Unless you were watching Showtime at twelve forty-five a.m. Yeah, you haven't seen Regis Progre. No, but we've seen a lot of them. Yeah, and he's a guy that has explosive hands. Yes, he's a straight puncher. Um, he he drags his hooks a little bit. His technique is not very good. There's flaws. There's flaws, but physically gifted like you would not believe. One of the biggest uh, question marks I've always had about Progre is that he does not utilize his jab. He does not utilize his jab as he could. No, he's Sometimes not he just spaces himself. Yeah, he's he's not consistent distant. with it. He'll, he'll flop it out there, and it's it's like, dude, if you, if you would use that as an offensive tool mm -hmm. rather than just a range finder, mm -hmm. you, you'd be so much more effective. Yeah, and that's really the question mark about him because when it ends in his fights, it's explosive. Yeah, and it's fast, and he is physically gifted. You look oh, at he's the athletic as hell. He's jacked. He's a thick dude. Yeah, um, he shouldn't have any problem with Luis Flores. And uh, you know what? The questions are still out there because I want to see Regis Progre in a test. I want to see what his athleticism does against a crafty boxer. Well, yeah, I want to see if he's ready. Look, can we throw him in the mix at one forty? with the best in the world. Yeah. Because he's got the talent sure. to possibly be there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the jury's still out. We'll see. We'll see. So let's go ahead and head across the pond to the United Kingdom. The well, Eddie Hearn Circus. Eddie Hearn's Circus. <laughs> oh, man, I wonder what old Brian King would have to say about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he'd have a big old C word for Hearn, wouldn't he? <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> this Dude, this card, when you look at it, it's like, Wait a second. I mean, I, I know we fucking, we, we destroy boxing in this country at times. But when I look at this card and, and what Eddie Hearn is able to do in the UK and just throw these fucking names on there <laughs> that have these viral retard followings that no matter what, <laughs> will just tune in. I mean, look, I, George Groves Martin Murray's a decent fight. Yeah, I, I'm interested in but that. But when you break it down, it's fucking... 
a has been and it never will be. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yes, I was just going to say the same fucking thing. <laughs> These guys are, where is this going? I yeah. don't, who cares? It's just hilarious, man. And we hear the complaints because we have a big UK following. Yeah. A lot of people that we interact with on Twitter, UK listeners. And, dude, it just cracked me up, man. It's a fucking joke, dude. Yeah. I mean, look. Groves We're Bur- watching it on Showtime. We yeah. pay $14 a month. They're paying like $35 <laughs> to watch this card. Pay-per-view. It's fucking hilarious. Oh, man. Yeah. No, look, before we get to the main event, Groves-Murray will be a competitive fight. Yeah. Murray is as vanilla as they come and cannot finish a fight. George Groves can't finish a fight, but not because... Can not, he fight past the sixth round? Well, with- not for the same reasons as Martin Murray. After about the ninth round, Martin Murray's like, I'm probably winning. I will say I'll just coast to the victory line. You you know me as a Sergio lover, and he's one of my favorite fighters over the last decade. Mm-hmm. I think Martin Murray beat him. If I, I want to be honest, yeah, Martin Murray won that fight. Well, Martin Murray was in his prime then. Oh yeah, and he yeah. was a, that's five, was a hell of a five years ago, four years ago. Yeah, I mean he's been in some some big fights. Yeah, um, and he's fallen just a little bit short. Groves can't get past the sixth round. Because I don't know if he's smoking cigarettes or just didn't do any, any road work. He's fucking hyperactive, dude. Yeah, quit, he does. Spazzes out. Uses quit, all quit his spazzing. energy. Early. Yeah. Calm he's, down. He's like flush red in the middle of the second round. And, dude, we, we, we've been huge. He's not feigning. Exp- he's flinching. No. And he's definitely at his best uh, on the receiving end of a Carl Frotch right hand. <laughs> no, we've, yeah, we've been big Groves fans, and it's more Groves the personality oh, than it is the fight. Oh, he's great. His personality is great for boxing. I, I hope he wins the fight. Um, all right, let's go to the main event. Anthony Joshua versus Dominic Brazil. This is the option. It says, hey, um, we'll serve up uh, Christopher Martin for you if uh, you guarantee that the next uh, fight or two for Anthony Joshua is against one of our fighters so I can keep getting paid because the PBC fund is running dry. So they sent over Dominic Brazil, the former NCAA uh, American football quarterback right. turned boxer, uh, much like Charles Martin, does not really take much interest in being in shape, shows up flabby, out of shape. This dude just got absolutely dominated by a guy who is shorter than I am, and Amir Mansour. Oh, Mansour. And if it wasn't for one punch that caused Mansour to bite his tongue off. Oh, Brazil was done. 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 Now, maybe he punches hard, and that's what caused the bite of the tongue. I don't know, but look. This, this ain't Amir Mansour. No, uh, this ain't even Charles Martin. <laughs> because if it was, they would have served up Brazil first, right? Yeah, Martin would. Why? And, and Martin would probably be Brazil. They were going to fight. Remember, it was Martin Brazil. Yes. And he all, got pulled for the IBF mandatory. Why didn't they pull Brazil? <laughs> I don't know, Vin. Yeah, why? Because we need an even softer first title defense. Oh man, yeah. This is a. a this is a uh, payback for uh, to Al Heyman for um, him serving up. Uh, 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 Charles Martin. Yeah, look, I, I think what we're seeing now, this this trend of guys that are now traveling to the UK, all of a sudden, going to the UK to fight's a good good idea. Yeah. Two years ago, you wouldn't catch an American fighting over there unless they were dying to get a belt. Well, that's where all the belts are now. Right. So now everybody's everybody's going on, hopping on the ship, yeah. rowing across the pond. Uh-huh. Let me get my paycheck. But Al Heyman's for the fighter. Oh, of course he is. He's serving them up like wiffle he's, balls he's right now. for 15% of every fighter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And he, he, dude, he understood. He's like, man, I thought I was signing some A-sides. Well, it turns out I signed 200 B-sides. <laughs> right. So maybe he gets freaking, becomes a billionaire uh, again. If there's anybody who's a master at managing B-sides, it is Al Heyman. Yeah, indeed. And we have a big B-side here. Six foot six, Dominic Brazil. Uh, Joshua, about an inch shorter. 
to be two giants in the ring. I do not foresee this. People are, are giving Brazil way too much credit. Oh, come on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell all the, fight, all the fight fans in the UK who haven't watched much of Dominic Brazil, I'm telling you right now, this fight will be lucky to go past the distance that uh, Charles Martin lasted with Anthony Joshua. Uh, I don't see this thing getting out of the second round, my friend. I, I, I'm going to say it right now, and I'm not, I'm not just being a dickhead making this statement. It's over in the first. One right hand, and it's over. I agree. He may get up from the first one, but it's over after that. Yeah. And Joshua is a pay-per-view attraction in the UK now. He sells out arenas, right? Yeah. And, but hold on a second. Let's backtrack for a second. When was the last time you saw two heavyweights fighting for a heavyweight championship that only have, like, 33 career, career fights combined? You know, I was thinking about that, and I feel like he, he, when, when you think about it in the heavyweight division, I feel like they had to just flip it over, dude. Like, like we've talked about, flip it on its head because yeah, the, take, the old take guard. Take the chessboard and yeah, toss it. Let, let's, we might as well have Brazil and, and Martin and Gerald Washington and all these ridiculously inexperienced, not good fighters. Deontay Wilder, not, yeah. not good enough to play uh, big American sports. Right, but it's better than the Klitschko's and the fucking Corey Sanders and the Lehman Brewsters <laughs> and... You know, from ten, from eight years ago, and whatever. A, you, and at least now we'll get an emphatic and dramatic ending. It's a new generation. Yeah, it may be sloppy. It may not be the best heavyweight boxing you ever seen in the world. Fun to watch, but it, uh, yeah, you never know what's going to happen because no. these guys aren't that good. <laughs> Joshua or Brazil? No, they're really not. <laughs> no, no, Joshua's just—he's the best of a. He's just average a, bunch. Yeah, he's just impressive to look at. And the one guy that's legitimately good, nobody wants to fight. <laughs> right? Yeah. Look, I, I, me and you both think. I, I, I know for – you could argue with me till you're blue in the face. Luis Ortiz would, would drop Anthony Joshua inside of six rounds. <laughs> oh, yeah, would, I, I don't care what anybody fucking says. Yeah. Hit me up. Holler at me. Yeah. Have yeah. that argument. I dare you. No, no. The one thing uh, uh, Luis Ortiz does very well – is he protects, he tucks that chin, boy. He tucks that chin like he's a crafty welterweight boxer, doesn't he? Yeah, dude, he moves smoother than Tyson Fury. Oh, of course. And, and amongst heavyweights, those are the two guys that I think have the smoothest, most fluid movement. But Ortiz has devastating power. With, in both hands. Yeah. And multiple punches. Yeah. Dude, his straight Fury does not is have vicious. that. Fury cannot reach, unleash a combination like like Ortiz can if he gets you on the ropes. No, no, I agree. Um, yeah, there's really not much to talk about with this. We could break it down, but the reality is I don't know what there's – if you're buying what Eddie Hearn is selling, then you're a fucking idiot. Because <laughs> I'm telling you right now well, – no, if you buy the fight and want to watch it, that's fine. I'm saying if you're buying that this is a legitimate test for Anthony Joshua, you're a fucking idiot. Oh, yeah. Because Anthony Joshua is going to dominate, and that's pretty much all there is to say about this fight, Ben. No, yeah. It's first-round KO. All right, we talked about Groves, Martin Murray. Uh, we said enough about that. Chris Eubank Jr. versus at Dazzling Duran. Is Eubank Jr. making an appearance at a strip club? <laughs> Come Saturday night at the Legs Club. He's Chris fighting. Eubank Jr. versus Dazzling Duran. <laughs> uh, Eubank Jr.'s fighting uh, Golovkin next, huh? Yeah. He's that, going from Dazzling Duran to Triple G. Nick Blackwell put him in a hospital, said he wants to decapitate Tom Duran's probably going to put him in a hospital. He's going backwards since losing the Honestly, BJ do Saunders. you think that fight's going to happen? I haven't even asked you about it. We haven't even talked about that. We'll get to it. 
We'll get to All it. Right. Let's talk about dazzling Durant. <laughs> well, I got a sparkle in my eye. Who the? I don't know, dude. They 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 pulled a uh, mask off a dancing bear at a strip club, and they said, "Hey, you want to fight Eubank Jr.?" It's like they never even announced the fight. It's like it just appeared on the fucking on the on the billboard. Has it, anybody seen this guy fight? Um, I'm sure. I'm sure our friends Steve Wellings and Brian King and our friends at the Boxing Asylum podcast have seen Tom Dazzlin. Duran fight. I'm sure they have, and I'm sure you know what. But I don't want to waste our friend Steve Welling's time having to stay up late in Ireland to take a phone call about a guy that he's probably going to tell us that this is a total farce. Oh, and Hearn is selling people dog shit. This is this is Danny Garcia versus Rod Salka. <laughs> it is in the UK. This is Chris Eubank Jr. versus Nick Blackwell. Yeah, it, it's it's so it's just gratuitous, unnecessary, and I, look, somebody's going to get hurt. It's, it's trying to build up somebody off of a name that is not that fucking good. No. I'm sorry. You can think whatever you want to think about Eubank Jr. Eh, I, I'll give the kid he's got heart. He goes for it. He throws power punches, whatever. He's not good. He's going to get destroyed by anybody in the top five in the middleweight division. I, you could even go a couple notches lower than that. I'm I'm just sorry. He's not good. He should be fighting the Hassan Endoms of the world right yeah. now. Yeah, why hasn't he? Why hasn't he? Because he'll get out boxed. Because, because he'll lose. Because Eubank can't box. Hassan Endom would beat Chris Eubank Jr. tomorrow. And he hadn't. He, he's not even training right now. Who? Endom. No. <laughs> Endom's cutting a rap album right now. <laughs> a French rap album. Yeah, man. Him I, and Joshua Clotty. <laughs> <laughs> Joshua Clotty. <laughs> Hear me now. All right, we'll get back to Eubank here shortly. Let's get to this post-fight real quick. Yeah. All right, Andrew Funfar versus Joe Smith, PBC on NBC, the lowest ratings in the history of the PBC. And they should be shocked because we were all shocked that this was not on NBC Sportsnet or that this was not on true uh, on uh, Bounce TV. Yeah, I, I don't know how this, this fight winds up on the biggest platform that the PBC has. And coming into this, would you call yourself a, a pretty big Funfar fan? Oh, I dude, absolutely love Funfar. The way he fights is... How can you not like it? Uh, what did he do wrong here? <laughs> Got a little full of himself. My gosh. What dude. A, Nobody that, was watching, but it was pretty shocking. Yeah. and uh, Well, that's the best thing he's got going for him was nobody knew who he was to begin with. <laughs> and nobody was really watching. So you can just throw from far on another car and everybody's going to be like, who's this guy? Oh, he fought good that time. The PBC philosophy. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody remembers the shit we gave him last Nobody's time. Nobody's here in the woods to see the tree fall, and does it really happen? Does it make a sound? Oh, <laughs> uh, we busted up Joe Smith a little bit in the preview. Hey, that overhand, right. Yeah, I'll tell you what, that thing busted fun far off. Hey, look, man, Joe Smith might be a semi-threat. I mean, obviously, if you can drop fun far like that with one punch, and we've seen Stevenson do it, mm-hmm. but still. That's, and he was knocked out by Derek Finley in the past. Yeah, that makes a statement. That, that That's a statement maker. At least Joe Smith is now a player. I completely disrespected him before this fight. I I didn't even bother was to more, research. Yeah, but it was more of a disrespect to the PBC. Oh yeah, for put, for putting this as the main billing. You hard dude. I, who knew this fight was even on? I mean, even some of the 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 best boxing fans in the world look at that fight and go, hmm. "Do I even need to DVR that?" Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, man, Joe Smith shocks the world, defeats Andrew Funfaro. Be interested to see what they do with him. They'll probably put him on the bench for the next year. I think a rematch. I think that's absolutely suiting for that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Rishi Warren wins a decision against Juan Carlos Payano. 
Um, Erickson Lubin looked a little shaky at first. Yeah, he did. I made a comment on Twitter about Lubin's appearance as they were announcing the fighters when they were standing in the corner. I said, I know that a fighter, I, you know, I'm paraphrasing myself because I can't remember what I tweeted, but basically that, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a bad thing if a fighter comes out dry, right? Yeah. Like he should come in, built up a sweat, like warmed up and ready to go. I said, so if it's a bad thing for a fighter to come into the ring dry, what does it mean when they come in ashy? <laughs> Dude, you need some lotion, Sean. Did you see him when he came in the ring? I wasn't. It looked attention. like he hadn't fucking showered in three weeks. No, seriously, dude, he was so ashy. I was like, whoa, dude, he totally didn't even warm up for the fight. Erickson forgot his cocoa butter, Cam. I don't know what to tell you. I, dude, he did what he was supposed to do, but that first round, I was like, my, whoa, he, my is man's not, a beast. he is not warmed up at all. He's a beast, dude. He is. He is. And I, I, I think we may even, before he becomes a champion at, at 154, I think we're going to see him at 160. Well, I do, too. He's so big, man. Yeah. He's so young. Hey, the, the, the sky is the limit with that kid, man. It really oh, yeah. is. Oh, he's definitely going to appear on the prospect list this yeah. year. Oh, he's going to be top five. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Speaking of top five, but we head to the pound-for-pound to uh, pound discussion. But we'll let Max and, uh, and the HBO crew handle that. Uh, There's a fight game coming up soon, right? Yeah, of course. It'll be a month late. It'll be a month after everything's happened. It'll be ten fights. And we'll be like, hey, we're going to refresh your memory, and you're so idiotic you didn't even know these fights happened. It'll come on this Sunday, and they won't even talk about Kovalev Ward being announced. Yeah. <laughs> this is the fight game minus a month. Sergey Kovalev, Andre Ward it looks to be headed to the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. HBO pay-per-view, November 21st, the IBF, WBO, WBA, Unified Light Heavyweight Championship, widely considered two of the top five fighters in boxing, mm-hmm. are going to do the dance. Andre Ward will take Alexander Brand August 6th at the Oracle Arena in Oakland. While here coming up on a Monday night, we head to the cozy confines of the Kremlin. <laughs> Kovalev versus Chalemba, uh, Ward versus Brand in the interim, but November 21st, uh, two worlds collide in uh, what is probably going to be the most anticipated fight amongst hardcore fight fans of the year. This fight is going to be fucking epic, amazing, and I'm glad that they are moving in the right direction. Absolutely. It, this fight is heading in the opposite direction of a Canelo-Golovkin fight. Oh, and it's a better fight, in my opinion, than Canelo-Golovkin. I do, too. The, these are two master craftsmen in the ring yeah, right here. Yeah, the, these are two of the three or four best boxers in the world right yeah. now. Mm-hmm. And, look, I'll, I'll say one thing about this fight. As big as it is to me and you, this fight has no fucking commercial appeal whatsoever, dude. No, it does not. Does this... Why is this fight in Vegas? Who's going to this fight? Does anybody really care? Why is it in the new T-Mobile arena? That place is monstrous. Uh, Dude, I I just... Mandalay Bay sound about right? Yeah, you you just can't... I'm sorry, man. These guys... uh, Yes, in the nerd fucking boxing community, this fight is unbelievable. Yeah. But if we're trying to better the sport and we're thinking... you're just you're doing it all wrong here. You might as well pack a ten thousand seat arena. Don't try to yeah put it in StubHub. Yeah, don't. I, yeah, exactly. This has been a great fight there. Why do we have, stop overselling the fight as a promoter? You know, as as far as in your own mind, you're you're killing yourself. The product comes off as worse. Yeah. If this is supposed to be a big deal, pack the fucking house somewhere and let's have it a good atmosphere. I'm just worried about how this fight is going to do 
beyond the boxing insiders. Yeah, because I think the atmosphere of the crowd is going to impact the quality of this fight. Absolutely. You know, because if the crowd is silent, fight, both fighters might be a little bit more reluctant. But yeah. if, if, if there's a buzz and attention, you know there'll be fireworks in this fight. Well, if there's a buzz and attention in the crowd, the fighters go. That, that, that gives them a little bit more. You get a better fight when, yeah. that, when you have that environment. But that tension and anticipation. There's going to be no, that tension ain't going to be there for no, this no, no, fight. No, but, no, but, but no, I agree with you. But that tension and anticipation and excitement from 10,000 people is much different when that 10,000 people is selling out the StubHub instead yeah. of that 10,000 people being half the capacity yeah. packed into a, arena. Packed into a sardine can and less, and instead of stuffed in a keg. With pretty much every fucking light in the arena turned off. Yeah. yeah I, look, man. I, look, we're not bashing this, this no. matchup. No. It's just the way that this thing has been handled. No, like, dude, we look you, at... We want to go to this. There's yeah. so many people that want to go to this. We look at it... I, I'm sorry. Me and you look at the shit from a little bit deeper perspective as far as the sport as a whole and how they fucked up with this matchup, even though this is great. And I fucking love that we get this and Ward stuck to his word and made this fight happen. Sure. But this fight is not as big as it should be. This should at least be half as big as Mayweather Pacquiao was two years ago or last year. But that's far more Andre Ward's fault than it is Kovalev. Absolutely. His hiatus has killed the buzz for this. But Kovalev, it, look, and he, you could even say for Kovalev, I mean, yeah, he's knocking guys out, but... But he's selling more tickets than Andre Ward is. No. He's I, doing yeah, better yeah, yeah. TV numbers no. than Andre Ward is. Yeah, you're right. So if you would have taken Andre Ward, an active Andre Ward, where would he be now in the, in the, in the realm of popularity? He'd well, be more popular. This fight should have happened in <clears throat> November 21st, 2015. Well, it should have happened... With Andre Ward not taking three years off. Keep fucking, keep waiting to make fights. Why don't you make a fight when it should happen? And if it's a good fucking fight, you get another one. And you make even more money on the next one, you fucking retards. Dude, I'm telling you right now. How, how do you not? If this fight is good, there'll be another one. Oh, absolutely. There, There's who, a rematch clause in this bitch. You who, know that. Oh, who else at 175 can fuck with either one of them? I'd like to see these guys fight for the last 10 fights of their career. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who else is there? Best of seven, Kovalev Ward. Yeah, because I think I, I think Baturbiev is aging and, and, and injured, and I just he's just think, not as good. He's no, not as polished as these guys. Hasn't developed, and he won't develop at thirty three years old. Fanfar can't hang. Stevenson's a fucking retard. He's a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Douglas Chickenson, quack quack, quack. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, the duckness. Sergey Kovalev, Andre Ward, November 21st, can't, man. Can't fucking wait, even though you hear the hate of, of what, you know. You're more. Oh, dude, I've, I've loved Andre Ward since 2009. Yeah. I've been on that bandwagon for a long time. Oh, you're going to love you some Ward versus Brand. Hey, Ken, <laughs> I'm picking Andre Ward to beat Sergey Kovalev. Well, I was just going to ask I'll, you, I'll, where I will you make, stand today? I'll make that statement right now. I am picking Andre Ward to win a decision against Kovalev. I'm picking Sergey Kovalev to stop Andre Ward somewhere around the 10th or 11th round. And I wish I could argue that with you. And I wish I could argue with you. And we will. We, we will. To but, no end. Really. Yeah. Uh, look, I, I, we've been talking about this fight for a while. Yeah. I, I just To me, Andre Ward is a, a level of cerebral boxer that we do not see very oh, often. He's a delusional motherfucker, man, but he can box. No, absolutely. He is damn good. One of the best. Yeah. For sure, one of the best of the last 10 years. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the Unif Unified Light Heavyweight Championship coming to a HBO pay-per-view near you, November 21st, 2016. Ward versus Brand, August 6th in Oakland. 
Triple G, let's close the show with a little bit of Golovkin talk. Mm. Um, it was just announced, uh, I guess, today that um, it looks like K2, Tom Loeffler, the representatives and uh, handlers of the Gennady Golovkin rise through boxing um, have announced that the fight against Canelo, which we anticipated wouldn't be until next year anyways, is officially not going to happen for September. We knew that as soon as they booked, as soon as Golden Boy booked September 17th at T-Mobile Arena, yeah. you know that Golovkin versus Canelo was not going to be at that arena. It was, it, dude, it's headed for Jera's world. Yeah, it's headed for a way bigger environment. They're going to they're gonna try to gonna put it in a football stadium. Yeah, they absolutely are going to, and, and it makes sense at Jerry's world. I, I cannot, look, I, I just really, who is Canelo going to fight? Who is he going to fight the 17th? Toriano Johnson? He's not going to fight Lemieux. Rosado? I, maybe. Maybe. That, that that actually makes... That's more plausible than any other fighter you that we could name right now. I would say my choice 1A would be Rosado. And, There's no and way Golden... 1B would be Lemieux. Yeah, but Golden Boy's not going to put Lemieux... Risk Canelo losing? Absolutely not. That'd be a hell of a fight, though. It would be a fucking awesome fight, but... It, they're not going to risk that. You can't do it. So Rosado sounds logical. I, I think or so. Or Toriano Johnson. didn't even think about Rosado today. I've, it's kind of been. Curtis Stevens? Possible? Mm, yeah, I it's don't co- think you can sell that. It's coming off a win. It's, it definitely can't be pay-per-view with whoever you just named. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, um, But we know that Canelo is not going to be fighting Triple G next. But what we have heard for Triple G's next opponent, and you never know what to believe because Hearn will tell you that this fight's almost signed and that fight's almost signed just to get you lured in to, to basically disguise the shit that he's about to get you to pay for oh, on pay-per-view. Eddie, Eddie Hearn is the, is the puppet master. But Chris <laughs> Eubank Sr. has said that a deal, and Eddie Hearn has said that a deal for the Golovkin fight could be made uh, within a week after this weekend's fight against Tom Duran. You know what? As much as we criticize Chris Eubank and mm-hmm. 150% of it is deserved. Oh, absolutely. I will say this. I want to see this fight. This is a fight I want to see. I want Eubank to be taught a proper lesson. I want this fight to happen. It's not only just because from a gratuitous fan perspective, but I'm also looking at the future because what happens is Gennady Golovkin goes to the UK and fights in front of them. He already has a huge following over there, but the way the fans will become ravenous towards him, they will gravitate towards him. If he devastates Eubank like we think he will within six rounds, which I think is almost a 100% guarantee, um, his stock will be so high, Saunders will have nowhere to go because Eubank's coming off of a loss. I think it pins B.J. Saunders in the corner, and he says, dude, I, I sell out stadiums in the U.K. Right. What have you done? Yeah, and I think that's, that's the game plan coming into this fight. You can, Eubank, on, on his side, can get paid. Sure. Because I, I don't care what anybody says. I'll be honest with you. Eubank is not going to be in big middleweight fights beyond this if he gets this Golovkin fight. No. He's just not that quality of a fighter. But it sets him up for a huge fight with Saunders, like you say, and he becomes a fighter that we've been we've been crying for everybody to be. Would you fucking go out and fight worldwide? You're a world champion. Yeah, the, the sport exists outside of America and is... Most bigger, of the better fighters are outside of America. And is bigger in the U.K. than it is here. You're exactly right. So Golovkin's going to go over there into an environment that he has never experienced. Honestly, he's fought in America. There has not been one crowd. He's fought in Germany. He's fought in, in, the, in, in but, Central America. Right, but there's not going to be any crowd like he will, like he will have in the no, U.K. No, 
they will be so fucking excited to have him fight there. Man. No, he, dude, he lives in the U.S. He's an American-based fighter. He's right. pretty much, you may as well just consider him an American fighter for all intents and purposes. Right. Um, yeah, man, look, I think that as much as, you know, it is, look, Eubank will give it his all. And he'll mm-hmm. get knocked the fuck out. Absolutely. I think it right it raises the stock for Golovkin. K2 has always had a plan of strategy. People were like, why is he fighting Rubio? People thought he was fighting Rubio because that was the only opponent he could get. They no. picked Rubio to become the interim WBC champion So because they knew. And I will say it that I have not said this yet. I've refrained from it because I wanted to see how the negotiations will play out. But Canelo Alvarez fucking ducked Triple G Gennady Golovkin. And he tossed the belt. And Tom Loeffler knew that Canelo would not have the balls oh, to step in the yeah. ring and he would vacate the belt. That's why they took the Rubio fight. And looking back on it, hindsight, Loeffler looks like a fucking genius. Yeah, uh, they had to line themselves up. I mean, well, why wouldn't you? At that point, nobody wanted to fight him even back then. At, no! At that Rubio fight, everybody, who's going to put their young up-and-coming fighter in the ring with this monster yeah. that's knocking everybody out. They purposely named it Mexican style. Yes. I feel like it was almost a bit that he said that on the, at the end on purpose. Absolutely it was. These guys are, come on, man. They're not stupid. Yeah. They're not stupid. Yeah. This was the fight they wanted all along. They knew Canelo was coming to middleweight eventually, yeah. and that was the guy that was going to make their name and get them paid. Promoters are so egomaniacal that they cannot even realize that there's a blueprint right in front of their face on how to promote their fighter in today's landscape. Yeah, well, Al Heyman needs to take a fucking lesson from Tom Loeffler. He ain't taking a lesson from a white dude. Get the <laughs> fuck out of here, man. Come on. You know how that thing goes, right? Am I, am I, am I right or am I right? I don't know. I, I feel like... Uh... You are listening to Hicks and Picks. <laughs> That's a shout-out to one of our listeners. <laughs> I, dude, I think in, 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 a, in a twister world, I think Al Heyman wants to be Eddie Hearn. I think that's what he wants to model. What he tried to do with the PBC is what Eddie Hearn has done with Sky Sports Boxing in the UK. Everything's a fucking pay-per-view when it's garbage. You can put your big-name guys on there against who's he fucking what's it, and they'll fucking make a ton of money. Everybody walks away stuffing their pockets. Yeah, but that's easy in a country where the sport was, one, invented. Yeah. Okay? And two, you... The only other sport well, that's Well, Eddie Hearn promotes it. Right, right, right. But I'm saying is, yeah. He might be a fucking asshole, and he might, yeah. he might be stealing fucking money from you, but the guy knows how to promote. He does. He Al does. Heyman doesn't. But, 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 but let's look at these factors, though. The United Kingdom, it's soccer and then everything else, right? Yeah. So soccer's number one and then everything else. Well, boxing is huge over there on a small island with a much smaller population than the United States, and his target audience is pretty much... He has a demographic of guys that are our age that are white, middle-class, 35- to 45-year-olds that eat this shit up. They lop it up for fucking supper, dude. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And he knows what dish to make every night. He's serving up grown-up WWE. Oh, dude, he is serving (laughs) up three Michelin star cuisine. Gordon Ramsay has nothing on Eddie Hearn. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah, that's the miscalculation. What, you thought you could do that in the United States? There's almost 400 fucking million people yeah. from all over the world that live here. Yeah. You know? No, you're absolutely right. Um, so, yeah, I think that all kind of covers it in a nutshell. It's, it's, it's so funny how anybody in and around 160, especially just the guys in 160, um, always get circled back because Gennady Golovkin is the biggest fight for every fighter at 160 pounds, including Canelo, who, let's end it on Canelo. I believe, and we've talked about this a little bit, but I think that Canelo will be fighting Liam Smith on September 17th, dropping down to 144 and making his 
hypocrisy and his balls will suck right <laughs> up into his stomach and there will just be a fleshy patch in its place. Right, look, I, if he does that, he is going to be universally fucking fried. He's already, but yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He will be salt. He's sauteed now. Yeah. He will be fried. Yeah, we're, we're going to toss some white wine on that shit, turn the heat up. <laughs> Flambe that yeah. bitch. I mean, dude, I, I hope he doesn't do that, but I think you're exactly right. I, I, why wouldn't they go that route? Yeah. You pick off a cheap belt, and you even not even in picking off a cheap belt, there's there's fights at 100. Why wouldn't he just, let's just say, hey, let's go after Demetrius Andre instead of fight Golovkin at sure. 154. That's a hell of a fight. That, they can put that on pay-per-view. Yeah. Uh, that sells across Canelo, gender lines. Dude, Canelo versus Vince Cummings is a pay-per-view att- uh, attraction. I, well, You'd probably have to drop out 80 pounds, though. Drop 80? <laughs> Shit, he'd take me right now. He, he can't handle it. No, so. you guys would do uh, uh, not a Canelo weight, but a, but a, but a Vince weight. <laughs> you guys would have to meet at like 185. No, we'd have to meet at like 220. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you are a heavyweight. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> Six two two thirty five. Oh yeah, yeah. The thirty five year old version of fucking Alexander Usyk is co hosting the Taylor Boxing <laughs> Podcast. Oh shit, yeah. But dude, I know. I think that pretty much seals the deal. And you know, the frustration in our voice when it comes to Canelo is not about what he does in the ring. No, love the kid. It's just been about this fucking diva status that he has. He has gracefully taken the the mantle. He has set, sat on the Iron Throne. Of fucking Mayweather modeled fighters. Yeah, and it's it's so frustrating, especially with a, a Mexican fighter that you know it, it, this guy does not need to be doing that. If he, you could lose a couple fights, Canelo, you can lose to Golovkin. There's so many other fights out there for you to win and make money. Yeah, one fucking loss. Yeah, does not ruin your career. No, no, it does not, my friend. It does not. Well, I think that'll seal the deal. On episode 121. Wrap it up, B. Let's do it, man. Um, I guess we will be back next week, and uh, we'll have a little post-fight action. Um, some fights on the horizon. I'm definitely looking forward to a little Fury Klitschko, too. Hopefully it's not as a fucking as much of a stinker as the first no, one. No, no. And just to all of our friends in the U.K., we will more than likely, unless somebody provides us with press credentials or free tickets, not be attending Leo Santa Cruz versus... Uh, Carl Frampton, because um, that's the only fight on the card, and if you want to pay $250 to sit in the lower bowl, which will be the only ticket sold for that fight, well, uh, sorry for you, but we do know that some of our friends have already purchased accommodations to come to the U.S. on holiday, as they say in the U.K., for that fight. Team Jackal might have some extras. You never know, Ken. You never know. Hey, man, but Danny Jacobs won't be there, so (laughs) there probably won't be anybody there. Give me a break. Absolutely, man. All right, we'll leave it there. As we uh, say la vie here on episode 121 of the Pound for Pound King of Boxing podcasts, we've brought you the preview of Keith Thurman versus Sean Porter taking place on CBS Showtime Championship Boxing on CBS, on PBC. On, on Showtime? On it all. Disney? On, on top of the world. <laughs> um, so tune in for that. Uh, across the pond, Anthony Joshua, Dominic Brazil. Uh, and much more coming to you on the Pound for Pound King of Boxing podcast, the tale of the tape. For my co-host, Vince Cummings, follow me on Twitter, at VinceCummings81. I'm Kenny Keith. Follow me on Twitter, at Kenny Keith Jr. And follow the show, at The Boxing Rant. We have some special announcements coming to you here on future episodes as Vin and I will be diving into a new podcast venture, but we won't leave you 
with just the tail of the tape. We'll be bringing it double dose. Special guests aplenty, but the announcements will coming down the line very, very soon. They ain't ready, Ken. They're not ready. <laughs> I'm going to throw some shade on the sports world. <laughs> You've been listening to the Tale of the Tape Boxing Podcast here on TheBoxingRant.com. Muchas gracias, everybody.